everyone, this is Heather Havenwood and welcome to another version of Uncaged where today I'm talking to you about are you leveraging podcasts right now to get traffic? Hey, that is great, but here's the challenge with that. People are making huge mistakes when they're doing that. They think, well, they'll get in someone's podcast, they say whatever they say, and then floods of people will give them money or they'll actually increase their leads. Wrong 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 when i first got started with this there was a little bit of credibility to that where people were not used to having so many guests on podcasts so people went, went to the people but that, that's that it's overwhelming right now there's so many podcasts and there's so many guests right that really people don't have that kind of um i don't know excitement anymore so with this you want to make sure that you're not doing these five different mistakes if you're going to be basically using podcasts to grow your list, right, and sell your products. Number one, making sure your mic is set up, like you actually have a good mic, which believe it or not, I'm laughing because I didn't use my mic. Oh my God, that's so funny. I'm alive and I forgot mine. So here's my mic and I completely went blank on it. Um, making sure you don't have your mic set up, right? Seriously, just like I did, because people weren't able to hear me. That is the biggest challenge. Number two, having your lights. I'm having two lights right here, and a lot of people don't do anything with lights. They just have, they just have whatever they have going on in their room. Uh, they don't have a setup. They don't have the mic, and they don't have, well, they don't have things set up. They don't have anything set up. It looks horrible. In fact, I remember I was paid to interview this guy who was the head of a big PR company in New York. And he was doing the interview off a patio table outside with like just earbuds. It was absolutely horrible. I told him I'm not going to do it. I couldn't see him. He was using the actual camera from the computer. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't actually put you on National Syndicate Radio and um, all over my social media looking like this. And he got really mad and whatever. That's fine. He had like five assistants too. Um, number two is ideas. Okay. So this is a big one for me. This is a no-go. When people come onto my show, I want them to basically give me the ideas of what they're going to talk about versus, well, I can talk about anything you want. Eh, wrong answer. So what that looks like when I pitch people is I look at their show and go, okay, their target audience is this. They talk about these things. And then I give them three different topics that I know that they basically would like to potentially have on their show. Now I'm totally guessing and they can say no to any of them, but at least I took the time to ask the question. Uh, recently I just posted something on my page and said, you know, what would you talk about if you were on my show? And someone suggested, I can talk about anything. And I'm like, eh, I mean, that doesn't really help me. I mean, you have to come to me with topics. Nowadays, if you go even go on TV, if you go on any kind of show, you pitch them on the segment, right? So that's what you have to think about is that you're pitching people on segments that are good and qualified. If they don't like the segment, but they still want you, they'll let you know. But that's my biggest, um, Biggest mistake that people make is they don't actually think through their segments and they don't think through the concepts of, oh, this is going to be a really great concept. This would be a really great segment that I can do over and over and over again. So that's the second mistake people use. The third idea is not being on time. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. For some reason, as soon as people become a guest on podcasts, they think they're pre-Madonna and they kind of think that they're this major person and they're the next, I don't know, Katy Perry or something. You're not. You're not. And my biggest pet peeve is when people are late. Um, I kind of have a no-show policy of five minutes. If they don't show up, then they're out. That can be harsh sometimes. I didn't do understand people, things happen. But lots of times they just kind of have this prima donna feel like you can wait for me. And I'm like, no, no. Uh, that's number three. Number four is what I call sucking the wind. <laughs> sucking the wind is when... The podcasts are asking you, or host asks you a question, and you just like go on this tangent and you just kind of suck the wind out of the entire show, right? So, this I, I always say that podcast hosts are the host. They're not like Barbara Walters where they ask a question and you just like can go on forever. They really want to engage. And the host wants to be what we call the ping pong method or the tennis method where you're engaging in the conversation. It really is a conversation. And what I tell people is when I'm training them, as I said, to be a really great guest, just imagine you and I are hanging out having a cup of coffee right? We're both at the coffee shop. We're from each other and we're just having a conversation, right? So with that, there's what I call the ping pong effect. Worst thing you could ever do is ask a question if you're having a coffee with a friend and they just suck the whole energy out of the room and they just go on for a tangent. That's sometimes what happens with podcast guests is they think because they're the guests, they can go on these tangents. No, 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 no. No. And if you have a hard time with that, if that's something that you want to get learned from, improv classes are the best because improv classes actually teach you what I call the ping pong method. It's called the feeding off of um, their, what they call it is called the and methodologies, actually methodology. And the and methodology teaches that blah, blah, blah. And right. And so you're constantly having to feed off the next person. It's very different than a speaker and monologue. Lots of times when speakers, right, who have been trained in old school speaking, they're trained in basically the audience doesn't say anything and they barrel through the keynote, no matter what's going on with the audience. They sometimes make the worst podcast guests because they really are used to you basically do an intro and then you like you move off the stage and then they just take over. That's like the worst ever. I actually interviewed when I first got started a really like he had like four or five New York Times bestselling books. I told this story before and he's like legitimately been around a long time. Okay. And keynote, big time keynote guy. And he was the worst because there was no conversation. He just wanted me to like do his bio and then pretty much just go quiet and let him like have a keynote session. And I kept trying to, I let him go on forever. And then I tried to interrupt like, you know, like that. And he actually at one point goes, stop interrupting me. And I'm like, but this is not a keynote. I actually want to have a, a dialogue and conversation. So that's actually the really worst, especially when they go on these talking points, you want to be able to have a conversation, which brings me to my fifth and final mistake most podcast guests make. And that is, they don't know how to storytell. They don't know how to have a conversation and be able to share a personal story about their life. You know, one of the things I got, the reasons I got into podcasting was a complete mistake. And I've shared this story before, but I think it's really relevant here. 
I reached out to a guy who I was listening to his podcast. I thought was really great. It was all about ClickBank because I was on ClickBank at the time. And so I listened to his show. I thought it was awesome. And I reached out to him, the little email or whatever on his website. And how I got his attention is in all caps in the header of the email, it said, I'm not a psycho. <laughs> I am still putting that up. And I said, hey, I love your show. I'm not a psycho. Uh, this is what I do for a living. I, I run a newsletter company, email marketing only on ClickBank. And I'd love to, um, you know, I don't know, be on your show because I love to talk about it. And he goes, yeah, sure. So we first get on a phone call and just chit chat over Skype. And he started to laugh because he said, I get inundated with emails and your email really stuck out. And I have to laugh because that's really funny. So I was like, yeah, no problem. That was cute. So I did the interview. Um, it was a great conversation. And I shared the story that it was on Skype. There was no video. And I was literally in my PJs. And I don't even think I had a ball cap on. I don't even think I had brushed my teeth yet. I was like <laughs> my PJs. And I was like shooting the breeze about my online business and my newsletter business. And it was fun. It was a great conversation. I absolutely loved it. I'm sure it's still out there. Um, long story short, I got my uh, first $5,000 consulting client out of that. That's how I got into moving into consulting. Because up until that point, I had worked for a ton of other companies. I had um, been running a newsletter business, dating dating newsletter business for a couple of years. But I hadn't really been coaching or consulting people. Didn't really, I don't know, it didn't really phase me. I thought, well, no one would want to know how to make money online. <laughs> so I didn't do it. And this guy reached out to me. He was a trucking company of all things. And he was selling his trump trunking company. And he wanted to start teaching other trunking company owners, trucking company owners. Yeah. How to do well, because he did really well. So I helped him create this online course and coaching and stuff like that. I'm sharing this story because one of the things about this is I had to learn in that very first episode how to share my personal story, how to share stories, how to take people on a journey, right, of what I do. On that very first show, I don't, I pretty much sucked. I'm pretty sure I did because I told them how to, like what I did, you know, but people want to hear personal stories. Now, here's a fun story. So, years later, like years later, I'm at a private party at Traffic and Conversion Summit, right? At this private party. And um, I know some people there. And I see the guy who did my very first podcast. And I recognize his face from his show. And I never met him. And I walk up to him like, hey, I'm I'm Heather Havenwood. You, you did my first podcast. He's like, oh, the not psycho girl. <laughs> I was like, maybe, just kidding. So I go, yeah, that's me. He's like, oh, that was a really good show. And then he turns to the guy next to him. He's like, so she got on my show because she sent me an, an email with all caps of I'm not a psycho. Now, what's so ironic about him saying that is we were at a VIP private, like, top email marketers of marketers private event, right? So the guy's like, oh my God, that's really good headline. So I was like, yeah, try it on me. Um, you know, here's the thing, right? When you are using quote unquote or leveraging, it's a better word, other people's audiences for your gain, you don't want to be an asshole. 
<laughs> and that's truly the essence of it, right? That's the essence. I always am a Southern girl. And my mom always taught me when you go to someone else's house, especially right now for Thanksgiving, you know, you make sure you do things that you probably wouldn't do at your own house, right? Maybe take things to the kitchen and clean off your plate immediately, right? Or when you go to the bathroom, make sure you put the towel back. Just little things. You want to leave the home better than when you came in. You want to leave with the experience that you took care of their space while you were in their space. And a lot of podcast guests people do do that, but a lot don't. They go into this rampage of like, I'm the best, I'm a king, I'm a queen, whatever, and I have a book. And that's just the wrong way to view it. When you come in and go, thank you so much, right? Thank you so much for letting me be on your show. How can I serve you? How can I serve your people? How can I serve your tribe? Oh my God. When I say that to people, by the way, that is exactly what I say to people when I'm on their show and they just love it. Cause they're like, Oh my God, thank you so much. Because how I see it is my job is to yes, give expertise and yes, to give value. But really more importantly is to serve. It's to serve their people, to serve their audience. And, um, I did this once with, I was a guest with these two guys that did a sports show. Yeah. And when I first pitched to them, they kind of came back and were like, we don't really get how you can be in our show. And I responded, Hey, you know, your sports show. Right. And they're like, yeah. I said, okay, well, I love Cowboys. <laughs> I'm a Cowboy fan. And, you know, I'm going to share about how business and marketing is a lot like playing the Cowboys. And they're like, that sounds funny. So we did that. We had a good time with some good laughs. My point was, is that I wanted to add value and entertainment to their show and to their people. I don't want to talk to their people. I want to talk with their people, right? So you have to think when you're a podcast guest, your, your job is to kind of move into their home and talk with the community, with their people, with them, maybe with their language, right? It's similar. Just like I said, it's very similar to walking to someone's home. If, if you are cusser, you like to cuss and you're in someone's home that they don't cuss or hardcore Christian or something, you don't want to all of a sudden be a jerk. And that's what happens sometimes. So you have to really be listening to say, how do I talk with their group and their community? How do I talk into what I call their listening? That is truly the power of um, podcast guesting that I've done so many times. It really is. I absolutely love it. So this week, by the way, it's Thanksgiving, it's November 23rd. So if you're listening to this and um, I sometimes I, I share with you, don't break what I call the um, the evergreen mold, which I'm doing right now. Evergreen mold is it's not November. It's not 2020. It's never, you know, it's not one day. It's just right now. I'm breaking that mold with you right now because I'm actually creating a training this week. And I really want to invite you. I want to invite you to come into this training I'm having actually on Thursday. I'm having on Thursday before noon. Um, and people ask me, why are you doing Thanksgiving? I know that here's the thing. Even if you have family coming over or if you're going to someone's family or not allowed to or whatever's going on with all that, in the morning, most people are just like relaxing. 
they're relaxing with their loved ones or their family. And so I really want to take the time this year to give. And I want to take the opportunity to give to you. And so I'm putting together a training where it's really 100% about giving as much as I possibly can about influence marketing, uh, starting an online business. How do you take your expertise right? And turn it into an online program. How do you take your expertise and turn it into a high ticket program? How do you take your expertise and turn it into a business system where you are consistently making sales online? And making sales online today is getting challenging. It's overwhelming. It really is overwhelming. However, I have a huge heart for anyone who is an expert coach, consultant, or entrepreneur, because they have a desire to help people. And may I just insert that even though maybe your niche might seem cluttered or there's a lot of people, I don't want that to hinder you because that now is a time more than ever to step into your voice. As one of the quotes I have right here that says, don't be just a brand, be a voice be a voice. What actually is that voice? And we are in a new era. We are now stepping into 2021, right? 2020 was a shit show. <laughs> and 2021, I believe, is kind of the up and coming of the influencer, okay? For many years, we talked about authority and expert, and I don't see that as the new wave. What I see as leaders, what I see as influencers, people that want to, what I call, put their hands down and pull other people up and go, how can I serve you? How can I pull you up? How can I help you go to the next level? And influence is a word where it isn't authority. I don't know about you, but there's a reason why I don't do well in corporate America, because I don't like authority. <laughs> Enough said. I don't like authority. I have no problem with experts. I've got no problem with being influenced and listening and being and being led, right? Because when that happens, I feel like I have a choice in the matter. When I'm led, when I'm influenced, I feel like I'm choosing to follow. I'm choosing to be a student. I'm choosing that moment to like, I'm a student here. I want to learn from them. They have something that I desire to have. That to me is being a leader and an influence. And that's the intention of why I'm creating Influencer Tribe. Influencer Tribe is really about the community and the connection of other influencers that we actually truly support each other. Because at the end of the day, with the industry where it's headed, Yes, there's a teaching mechanism and the educational concept online is growing substantially, but I'm looking for a tribe, a tribe of influencers where they're coming out and they are speaking on things that we haven't even tried to discuss yet. There's all kinds of new opportunities and new niches, new ways of thinking about health and wealth and mindset and body and how they connect and relationships and how do you be how do you do relationships right now online how do you even have a physical or and or a intimate relationship when you can't even see each other these are all different new challenges we are moving into a world in 2021 where we have new problems you know what i mean really we got some new problems going on seriously um 
there's goes on times I go for a week, two weeks, three weeks, where I never even touch another person, right? I mean, really, I reach out to friends of mine and go, can we just meet for a hug? Like, I need to touch another human, right? Because even though I might be around people, but we're not allowed to touch people. I go to the gym, people are all weird, right? I go to the co-working space I go to, uh, they got the masks on. And so how do we handle that? That's a challenge. It's a new challenge. How are children, how are parents handling, trying to work, trying to survive, trying to thrive and dealing with their kids, their five-year-olds or seven-year-olds or 10-year-olds on Zoom calls? We have new world problems. We are in a new world. Let me just state that. We are in a new world. No matter how things go from here, it doesn't even matter because we all know it's never going to go back 100% to where we were. It's just not. And so now we're dealing with new problems. And when there's new problems, there's new opportunities for you and me to help solve them. And what I'm looking for is influencers and leaders that are stepping up to help solve those problems for humans, beings across the world, right? They are stepping out of themselves and saying, I want to start a business helping people in this new world, right? That's what influencers, the influencer tribe is all about. And so I'm going to be sharing with you on Thursday, Thanksgiving, right? Giving back is Thanksgiving. And what actually is Influencer Tribe? And as I launched the Influencer Growth Academy, the Influencer Growth Academy is truly with this mission. The mission is to raise consciousness on the planet. Because the more I help raise consciousness on the planet, I feel it's going to impact the world. If I can just help one person, you, one person say, I want to start this business, or I've already started this business online with products and, and, and group coaching, but how do I take it to the next level? If I can help you not only create six figures at a hundred, you know, $120,000 a year, if you're already at $10,000 a month, great, but let's get you to 250. How much would that change your life, your family's life, right? One of my dear friends who's in one of my masterminds is, um, I, shared her story, I actually had her on a female influencer roundtable. It's on YouTube. And one of the things I loved about her story, and I, I actually kind of forced her to share it because she didn't, she was like, ah, is that she has built a business successfully in the last eight months. It is blown up. It's very been doing very well. And she's already at way surpassed six, her first six figures. And she's on her way to 250. And the thing that people don't know is in the background, right? She is the, um, she's helping her niece who's seven years old be on Zoom all day. And her husband is in another country and hasn't been able to come home because of the C-19. And right, she's the breadwinner of like three people. So she's like holding this huge house up, right? And no kidding, the house. And that's what I mean by that is that if I can help her move to 250, if I can impact her or motivate her inside the influencer tribe to go to 250, it impacts everyone's life. She is truly being a contributor, not only to her family, but to the world. And that is what influencer tribe is about. And why I want to create it is because, well, I'm tired of the hardcore, uh, 
mastermind stuff that I see. And I've been to a lot of them. And there's a time and place for that. There really is a time and place where it's all about, you know, they get together and how many millions can we make? And, uh, but you know how many people in that in those masterminds, they might be, quote unquote, making some money, but they're a mess at home. They're a mess in their body. They're a mess in their mind. And they're a mess in all a bunch of other areas in their life. And then they spend, spend all their profits that they make investing into different kinds of coaches and things like that to help them deal with all the crap coming up. I want to be able to build a community of influencer tribe of people that are high conscious. They're high consciousness. They're people that are like, yes, I want to make money. I want to make a lot of money and I want to be healthy in my mind, in my body, right? In my energy field. And I want to help other people in that truly, right? I mean, I really get the ripple effects called the butterfly effect, the ripple effect of helping and empowering one influencer to yes, make a lot of money online and to be healthy and to think in wealth and to be good in their body and their spirit. They impact so many people's lives, not only from their clients, but also the people that work with them, their team and their family. Like I was sharing with you, uh, the girlfriend of mine who's in a mastermind with me and she's on her way to beyond to 250 and beyond one of the things I really acknowledged her for, and she got all teared up, but I really acknowledged her for being the personal influencer for her niece. So her niece all day is next to her, right? So she's on a computer next to her all day on Zoom calls because she has to kind of monitor that. And her niece is watching her aunt make money. She's hearing her have converse sales calls. She's hearing her close deals. She's hearing how she's talking to clients. She is watching her aunt make money online. And then no one else in their family is doing that. And she talks about how, like, she talks about it. She's like, oh my gosh, my aunt's making money. This is so cool. A little girl is watching this woman make money online all day. Do you think that's going to impact her life? Yes, it is. I know I didn't have that. I wasn't watching my mom make money all day while I was at home. You know what I mean? Like that's a huge impact. I think that's really beautiful. So my point of influence to try women doing on Thursday and make sure that if you are watching this and you're interested, just put down below hashtag training or hashtag I'm interested, hashtag training. Just let me know and I'll shoot you the link of when it's going to be. But I want you to know that what I'm looking for and what I'm really putting out there right now is something that has been manifesting. Um, as I call, I've been pregnated for a very long time with this. And I'm just now starting to birth the process of what it, what is it like to be in a community, a community where we're connected, we're collaborating, and we're actually lifting all each other up versus what I call um, the competitive game. I've nothing against those masterminds, guys, totally nothing against them. There's a time and place for, but most of the masterminds I've been to have been heavily um, male driven, (laughs) male from the front, male in the room, right? And so what happens is they get in the competitive mode and the competitive mode is like, well, I made 1.5 million, like I made two and they're like, you know. And I'm like, how are y'all helping each other? And sometimes they do deals together and fine. But there wasn't a cooperation or a collaboration or a community. There was just like, 
well, you're here because you've made millions, but they don't talk about their relationships or how's their body doing or are you working out? How's your health, right? How's your kids? How are, what, how are they handling that you're working so much? What is that like? How are you handling your relationship with your wife or significant other? How are you handling your, um, your stress with your kids that they're at home all day? You know, what are you, how are you handling your challenges with your freelancers? And they're sometimes across the world. Like these are questions and new problems that entrepreneurs are now dealing with. Okay. These are new world problems. And as the influencer tribe, that is truly where I want to take this mastermind. I call the mastermind and the tribe and the academy as I'm building this out for 2021. So um, I hope that you enjoyed this show today. This is Uncaged. It is Monday, November 23rd, and I hope you enjoyed this. And please, 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 if you're interested in the training, just let me know. It's hashtag training down below. Um, and let's see, I'm going to open it up here just a second. <sighs> okay, real quickly. Okay, because my buddy, I always says this. He always says, if you do a good video, make sure you let people know. I am a coffee drinker, just so you know. Um, and this is my girlfriend, Team Bloom. She's on here. I love coffee. And I'll tell you a fun story about that real quick. I'm a coffee snob. And I'll tell you why I'm a coffee snob. And I'd love for you to buy me a cup of coffee. And I will do a little shout out to the last people that gave me coffee. Um, it was Andy. Thank you for your coffee donation last week, as well as Taz. Mwah! I love you guys both. They, they both gave me donation coffee. But here's the thing. Why I'm a coffee snob. True story. Back in 2007, I had uh, just built my business from zero to a million dollars. And I've told this story before. I basically was completely wiped out of all my money from this from the, this guy. Anyway, that's the other story. So I didn't have any money and it was Christmas time. And so my friend's like, well, go get a job. And this is 2007, eight, and things were getting really bad in Florida. And so I got a job at Starbucks, right? Because I thought, well, you know, I'll get a job at Starbucks for now. I love coffee. So that works. And uh, I get free insurance. So I thought, okay, I'll do that for now until I figure some stuff out. This is before Uber, right? And I get the job and they make you go, this is back in the day, they make you go through Starbucks coffee school. And in Starbucks coffee school, you actually learn about coffee. Like you learn about the beans, you know? So I got so excited and I got really interested in coffee and I became this total coffee snob. But what I, what I also became really realized about Starbucks is that because they forced us to read the nutritional guide of Starbucks. Here's the thing about Starbucks. Let me explain this to you right now. Everything at Starbucks is horrible for you. And I mean everything except like one, two things. Okay. Americano black with a little splash of cream and a drip with a little splash of cream. Everything else is so full of sugar. And I mean everything. There was this girl who came in every day and she'd get for lunch this huge frappuccino. And she would say to her friend, I'm trying to lose weight. A frappuccino is like having four hamburgers and the sugar content's like 40 grams of sugar. It's insane. There's no way she's losing weight. My point of this is I am a huge coffee snob because of that. Um, and I did for Christmas. I actually went through Starbucks and I, I, I worked at Starbucks for the three months. For three months. I worked at Starbucks for three months. It was, it was grand. Oh. 
All right. So if you're interested, please like below um, training on Thursday. Hope you guys have a beautiful day and a beautiful, beautiful Thanksgiving. And all this week I'll be going live exact time. I don't know. I'll be putting it out there and I hope you really enjoy this. If there's anything else you want to know, please let me know. Mwah. Have a beautiful day.